Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast. As always, I am your host, Georgie, and today we are going to talk about trauma, impulse control, and how that impacts binge eating. Now, at first blush, I know this might seem like, wow, that's a super heavy topic. I'm not sure I want to hear that right now. But I think what you are going to discover as I go through the content I have prepared today is that there's a lot of hope here. There's a lot of understanding here. And I hope you're feeling comforted by the end of this episode. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. You may know that binge eating disorder is the most common eating disorder among adults in North America. And it may be the same in other countries. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm really heartened because I see more attention to binge eating disorder each year. And I see more attention to the diversity of people it affects, which includes men and sexual and gender minorities. One issue that I don't see brought up as frequently, but that's come to the forefront of my attention lately, is how commonly binge eating disorder overlaps with other mental health diagnoses. For clinicians like me, it's really important to be aware that a large percentage of the people we work with are also going to be dealing with trauma, former or current substance abuse, depression, anxiety, or bipolar disorder. I found some published papers reporting that 25.4% of people with bipolar disorder also meet criteria for binge eating. And 16% of people diagnosed with major depression report some binge eating. A scientific paper published in the European Eating Disorders Review in 2020 collected data on 142 patients diagnosed with binge eating disorder. They were signed up for a six-month cognitive behavioral therapy program. And one of the topics that the researchers were interested in was how many of these patients had experienced trauma. And what they found was that most of the patients reported a history of trauma. And by most, I mean 91.5%. Those traumas could include things like emotional neglect, emotional abuse, physical abuse, or sexual abuse. I needed a second with that number because 91.5% makes me think of all the people I work with now, let alone the thousands I've worked with in my career. And if nine out of 10 of them have been through one of these very impactful traumatic events, my heart just hurts to grasp that number. To quote the authors of the paper here, in line with previous research, our findings show that a history of trauma is the rule rather than the exception in patients with binge eating disorder. What's even more disconcerting is that the people who are most impacted by trauma have lower rates of success with binge eating treatment. In the study I mentioned, with the 142 people and six months of group therapy, people who reported more dissociative symptoms, which is a sense of disconnecting from your thoughts, feelings, and surroundings, they had less positive outcomes from the treatment. So it makes me think... Maybe people who have both trauma symptoms and disordered eating need specialized help. Perhaps they should receive trauma therapy first or at the same time as their eating disorder treatment. After all, 
If you still have unresolved traumatic memories that cause you psychological pain, and binge eating is one way that you're coping, it makes sense that you might not be able or willing to relinquish eating disorder symptoms. Other research has shown that people suffering from anorexia or bulimia who experienced childhood abuse also had lower recovery rates after treatment from their eating disorder. I mentioned dissociation as one of the symptoms that can come up for someone who has trauma in their past. But that's just one of many ways trauma can have a lasting impact on a person. You may have heard of the condition post-traumatic stress disorder, abbreviated often PTSD. People with PTSD typically have intense, disturbing thoughts and feelings related to their experience, and these last long after the traumatic event has ended. The person might relive the event through flashbacks or nightmares, they're likely to feel sadness, fear, or anger, and they may feel detached or estranged from other people. People with PTSD may avoid situations or people that remind them of the traumatic event, and they may have a strong negative reaction to something as ordinary as a loud noise or an accidental touch. It's widely accepted that PTSD often co-occurs with substance abuse and addiction, but it also has a high degree of overlap with binge eating. According to a huge study with more than 36,000 American adults, 40% of men with PTSD reported one or more binge eating symptoms. 40%! And that's versus 11.7% of men without PTSD. Among women with PTSD, 25.7% reported binge eating, versus just 5.5% of women without trauma. So where am I going with this? A few places. First, one of the lasting impacts that trauma can have on the brain is difficulty with impulse control. So if you listened to that prior episode about what happened to my self-control, this is one of the things that impacts self-regulation, aka self-control. Trauma might be part of what happened to your self-control. Which leads me to point two. Many people don't realize that they're experiencing the lasting effects of trauma until decades later. I didn't. I've been very upfront and very open about my own difficulties with depression and disordered eating. But I haven't talked much about nightmares, intrusive thoughts, and flashbacks. I thought, we all have regrets and bad memories, right? But I also had some symptoms that were harder to explain away. You know, various times over the last 10 or 20 years, I've had a sort of attack where I shut down completely into a state where I couldn't talk or even really move my limbs. A lot of times I got nauseous, there was vomiting or other very fun intestinal symptoms sometimes. And these were embarrassing episodes for me. They happened a lot when I traveled, and I labeled them panic attacks because that was a familiar idea and one that most people could understand. But I never really felt panicked during these events. It was more like my body just shut down, totally pulled the plug. Anyway, this year, I started working with a counselor who was able to help me see I've been coping for decades with a pretty heavy load of post-traumatic symptoms. Only, I had never thought of myself as someone who survived trauma. And why I'm mentioning it here is because I am dead certain that there are other people listening who, just like me, 
have trauma symptoms and aren't yet recognizing them as such. And if these symptoms impact your impulse control, making you more dissociative or they contribute to feelings of depression or shame, they can really be a big contributor to your difficulties with binge eating or emotional eating. And here's the other important thing. They are treatable. Just not by me. Just like I did. You'll want to find a trauma therapist to help you through this. If you aren't sure or if you want to ask me anything about my experience, I invite you to. Lastly, point number three. If you work in any capacity with weight loss, eating disorders, mental health, medicine or substance abuse, if you're a coach, a nurse, a teacher, even a personal trainer, heck, if you work with people in any form at all, let's remember, a lot of people have been through things we don't know about. For me personally, my experience, as well as this eye-opening research I've been reading, has led me to commit even more that I want to understand the non-food factors that impact people's journeys. Plus, the more collaborative we can be with experts in other fields, the greater the difference we all can make. Thanks a lot for sticking with me through this episode. You can always reach me, georgiefear at gmail.com. Until the next time, show yourself lots of love. Thank you.